Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Happy Boxing Day, Rebel Speakers, and welcome to the Best of the Rebel Speaker podcast, the 2017 edition, where over the next few weeks, we are going to highlight some of the best, most popular, and most talked about episodes of the Rebel Speaker podcast. And today's episode was one of my favorite interviews to do in 2017. It was my interview with Simon T. Bailey on how to break into corporate speaking. Simon was so refreshing with his honesty and vulnerability about what it took for him to become a sought-after corporate speaker. And this interview is chock full of insights about how to get started getting paid to speak. And that's the reason why it was one of the most popular episodes. Enjoy. How do you break into corporate speaking? Many of you listening know that that is the direction that you want to go in your speaking business, but you haven't quite cracked that nut yet. How do you break in? How do you know if your message is going to appeal to the corporate crowd? And we are lucky today because we have Simon T. Bailey as our guest, and he is one of America's top 10 most booked corporate and association speakers on change, leadership, and customer experience. He has worked with over 1,500 organizations, has impacted more than 2 million people. That is amazing! (laughs) Through his presentations and seminars in 45 countries, and as a Hall of Fame keynote speaker, executive advisor and author, he addresses more than 100,000 people each year. Some of his clients include AT&T, IBM, MasterCard, Seattle's own Microsoft, and Toyota. (laughs) He is also the CEO of Simon T. Bailey International, a premium education company specializing in creating learning and development content for individuals and organizations. Simon, welcome to the Rebel Speaker. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be with you. (laughs) Oh, it's so great to have you. And people are really excited to hear from you, to know your story, and how you became this big time speaker who's impacting 100,000 people a year because that's, wow, like I was blown away when I read that. It's been an interesting journey, to say the least. Oh, well, I would love to hear your journey. Tell me about your journey from starting out in speaking to where you are today, being one of the top 10 most booked corporate speakers in America. So I've been doing this for about 15 years. And I would say my first year was spent making a list of 75 people that I had relationships with and had come to know and and learn about their companies. And I just reached out to them and said, hey, I'm out here. I left Disney. Would you bring me in? And they're like, well, you need to get... (laughs) You know, get your sea legs under you first. So it really started out with me going to Chamber of Commerce's meetings. And you know how they have like a meetup and they would leave the bowl at the back of the room where everybody dropped their business cards in. So I would go and speak free. And in exchange, I would take all the business cards from the bowl and would put them in my database so that they could get my newsletter once a month. Literally, that's how I started. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and I think there's a couple of good nuggets here because I think we see people like you and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to break into the big time like right away. And really you began like a lot of people speaking for free totally. at Chamber of Commerce to develop yeah. your message. Once you've got that message developed, how did you start? Did you reach out to those 75 people again yeah. and say, hey, I actually know what I'm doing now? I did. I did. And I didn't make it past the 25th name before I start getting calls to actually come and to do work. Literally just kind of took off from there. And what I realized with the first 25 clients that hired me, it was not so much me coming in to motivate or to inspire, but to really come in and to provide a solution to a problem. For example, if they were having a challenge with employee engagement, mm -hmm. so I would provide a solution where my content will be built around how do you sustain employee engagement? How do managers think about it? How do leaders think about it? How do supervisors think about it? But even more importantly, what's the personal benefit for employees? So I really went in with a solution focus instead of just saying, here's a speech. I love that. And for a couple of reasons, one of the questions that my group of people wanted to ask you was like, what if you just have an inspiration, no message? Like, how do you take that message and turn it into something that would be attractive to corporations? First of all, so take your inspirational message, which is a great message. It's your story. It's your truth. It's what you know. But then you've got to flip it and spin it and build it around how does it, number one, provide a solution to them. Number two, how do you write it in the language that they are used to seeing, right? Mm -hmm. And then number three, do you have case studies, examples, or stories of people who implemented what you said and had some type of result, some type of shift, some type of transformation? And tell that story from the benefit of who benefited from your previous work. And that allows it to be a lot more digestible. And if I was to add a fourth one is, can you reference an organization or person that that client might talk to to get the real-time feedback on how did your speech um, make a difference in their organization? I love that. And it also sounds like if you're just starting out, you have to start at that almost like an entry level so that you can get some of those case studies and some of those testimonials of how people used your inspirational message to get a certain result. Right, right. The other thing I would encourage everyone to think about, let's say you don't have the traction to have a client to give you a case study or an example. So the other thing you have to do is create what I call surround sound marketing. Cool. And surround sound marketing is you might maybe have a book you might have a white paper. You might write a column for a magazine or be it online or in print. So surround them with other proof points that actually say that you are an expert in what you're saying. Here's the validation that it has been printed by X. You might even just say you write for LinkedIn and your LinkedIn article has so many shares or so many likes or so many comments. But you want to do surround sound marketing because then if they're hearing it from a lot of different directions, it's kind of like when you go to the Yelp app, people mm -hmm. read the recommendations in Yelp not necessarily you saying how wonderful you are. So while you're trying to build up the, the groundswell, do surround sound marketing. That is very good advice. 
in February, I talked with a PR person, Bridget Lyons, and she was talking about how PR can build your platform. And it's just like surround sound marketing. It's like, where is your target reading? If they're reading Fast Company, then go after Fast Company. But if they're not reading Fast Company, that's not where you want to go. Exactly. (laughs) To create that buzz. So creating that surround sound marketing so that you have like, it's like markers of credibility that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. People don't totally. want to hire people who claim to be experts, but right, right, really right. are not. Right, exactly. So when you were starting out and speaking about employee engagement, how did you figure out that that's really what you wanted to speak on? Well, it really wasn't, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> I love the honesty. Thank you. <laughs> Here's the truth. I needed to pay a mortgage. I had to buy some milk for my babies and I needed to buy some paper. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, this is just raw and honest. I like, you know, at, at this particular age and stage of the game, it is what it is. But here's what I discovered on the road to talking about what I wasn't passionate about. I discovered what I really wanted to talk about, and that was brilliance. For the last uh, 14 years, I've been on this journey of brilliance. I've been doing this 15 years, but really the last 14 years, I've been writing and talking about brilliance. So you started off with employee engagement to provide a solution, get your foot in the door, right. and then that helped you develop your shift, your brilliance message. Correct. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I have to say, I love the honesty of you were because people are like, oh, just tell your story and be passionate. And I always say, I don't know if that's going to actually get you paid. No. (laughs) It's like people are professional interviewers now. They know what they need to say to get the interview. They know what they need to say to get hired. Just like in speaking, you need to know what to say in order to get hired, but you got to listen. And then you got to give back to them what they just said and sell them on why you're the person. Excellent. I think that is the best advice. (laughs) Well, and it's true because I mean, I look at corporate America and I know some of the problems they face. They face employee engagement problems. They face burnout problems, (laughs) you know, and obviously there's always sales and profit. So if you can help them solve one of those things and get them results, yeah, your job is to sell that in (laughs) instead of being like, I have this great story and fun message. Because they really don't care. They really, really don't care about your story. They really don't. (laughs) And I've learned this the hard way. And I've spent so much money And I've thrown a lot of good money at bad ideas that never took off because they didn't care. It was literally, they kind of gave me the screensaver face, right? (laughs) (laughs) So when I finally recognized, I'm like, wait a minute, I've got to step back and really teach what I'm most passionate about and take my solution and wrap it around their problem. I love that. So tell me about your message, Shift Your Brilliance. I want to hear about it and how you developed it. Yeah, so after speaking to 100 organizations over like a a, a year process, organizations were wanting broadband results, but they were using dial-up methods in how they were approaching their customers, how they were thinking about engaging their employees and really upskilling their employees. And so what I recognize is I had to experience Vuja Day. And Vujaze is something that I actually teach in Shift Your Brilliance. It's really the whole mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll do a quick test with you. Vujaze is the opposite of? Deja vu. 
Right. So deja vu means been there, done that. Mm -hmm. But what I was recognizing is that organizations that were thinking about the next decade, they were vujadeng. They were going against the grain. They were unleashing the salmon to swim upstream. Mm -hmm. Instead of waiting for what had already been done, they were going there doing something fresh. So vujade was the flip. So Mm. when I first started writing and talking about Shift Your Brilliance, what I recognized, I had to shift my brilliance. I had to vujade because I was holding on to what used to work and not letting it go. And I was literally borderline obsolete. So what I recognized, I had to shift how I was doing. So for instance, the days of just going to give a speech are gone. Customers Mm -hmm. want to know what's the reinforcement plan after you've gone. We realized that we had to come up with six to eight weeks of assets that they can disseminate it to their organization. And that was a shift for us. The other thing I noticed Mm -hmm. about organizations is they were closing the adult daycare center and they were inviting employees to take ownership of their career. So no longer could employees walk into a company and expect the company to hold your hands and sing Kumbaya and say you're so wonderful. It was now up to you to understand three things. How are you going to lead without a title? How are you going to disrupt and destroy your job description and rewrite it by doing fresh things? And then number three, how are you going to become an intrapreneur to help the company move forward? So I started noticing that and I said, rut row, wait a minute, (laughs) shift your brilliance, harness the power of you incorporated. So we built a whole online training program that my instructional designer who used to work with me at Disney helped me design. Then we took and actually created a physical box where for those who are old school, you know, they want DVDs, they want CDs. We created a whole system around how you could shift your brilliance and built it out over seven weeks. You've said so many important things there that I want to (laughs) highlight. Because I think, number one, a lot of speakers who want to go into corporate are thinking, I'm just going to sell my speech in. And I think two things they're missing is that follow-up opportunity, because that will create more revenue for you as well, is that they want more than just you going in and delivering a 60-minute keynote speech and and having fun and being like, oh, well, that was interesting. I have some new things to try. Right. But they want that follow-up training that reinforces the message. Totally. So that you're more embedded in the organization as well. Exactly. That's the whole goal. How do you embed yourself beyond the speech? The speech is, is just a sales call. That's the appetizer. That's the initial introduction. How do you go deeper? Mm, I love that. How do you go deeper? And how do you take your message? Because what's brilliant is you brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Shift your brilliance and took that from a speech and developed seven weeks of material around it that then the organization could implement or they could have you do webinars around or your team come in and train. So it's a brilliant packaging and then you're part of the team and that gets you asked back right right and you get to measure what were the outcomes as a result of the system that they embedded into the organization Mm. and then that helps you with future speaking and training and Mm -hmm. wow it becomes a gift that keeps on giving but they want a system and if you can say hey here's the system that we have to offer you'll get further down the path long term Oh, so good. So good. I'm like, where do I want to go next? You provided me with so much like meat and juicy details. So you've given a lot of advice for speakers wanting to get into corporate speaking. And I know you did it by getting your sea legs and 
leveraging relationships, like building mm -hmm. relationships. So how do you mm -hmm. suggest speakers who might not have worked at Disney and who might not have those corporate relationships start building relationships so that they can get their foot in the door? I think three things. Number one, LinkedIn needs to be your new BFF. If Facebook is the family reunion, if Twitter is the cocktail party, LinkedIn is the CNBC. All business people that you want to reach are there. And you need to position yourself as a thought leader. So this is number two. And thought leadership simply means that either you write articles and you share those with those that are your followers, or you share other articles from really smart people to show that you're smart. And you say, hey, here's where I think things are going. And I think the third thing you have to think about is who are the three to five individuals that you know in your backyard that perhaps have a director or VP title, what it would be like for them to make a warm introduction to their contacts who may need your services. So everything you need is already around you. You just got to tap into it. Mm -hmm. If they want to like check out what I'm saying, look at my LinkedIn profile and really look how we've positioned ourselves in LinkedIn. We have over 80 recommendations from clients who I've gone to speak for, and that's intentional because if a client is thinking about bringing me in for a speech, they want to go and see third-party endorsement from somebody who's already brought me in. But then the other thing is we do a weekly article that's uploaded to LinkedIn, and we will write about what's happening in the world. Like, for instance, last week's article was on what I call stealth marketing, the fate of the furious, which is based on the movie Fast and Furious, which, you know, the eighth movie is out and it's going to cross over $1 billion in its second week, which is absolutely unheard of. But they had marketing throughout the entire movie. So I sat there and I said, oh my goodness, this is stealth marketing. So I just saw something and it was a little twist of an idea. And I've already had people give me 300 likes, a few comments. People have shared it over 20 times. And that's what you want. People sharing your other articles, you know, with you. So I swear by LinkedIn and disclaimer, LinkedIn does not pay me anything on the back end <laughs> <laughs> to do this. But I just think for somebody who doesn't have corporate contacts, that's where corporate people are. I think the third thing to think about, what would it be like to get involved with a local American Marketing Association group that's in your backyard? Or there might be a meetup group that brings together corporate professionals that meet on a weekly basis. Put yourself out there. Put yourself in the room around other professionals that you want to sell to who can become your unofficial marketing department. Once again, you've said several great things. And the whole idea of like getting out of your house... <laughs> <laughs> and, and not just sitting behind the computer and making, you know, cold pitches or whatever is, is brilliant. Like, yeah, join the American Marketing Association. Almost every city has a local chapter. Go and hang out where the corporate folks are hanging out, even though mm -hmm. you might not be corporate yourself. Right. But right. those are the people you have to connect with. Right. If I was to add a bonus one, mm -hmm. take a page out of what T-Mobile has done in the telecommunication space as they compete against Sprint, AT&T, and Verizon. They are totally other. They go the opposite way. They're counterculture. So if you really, really want to get noticed by corporate, don't do more of the same. Stand out. Be different. Give them a reason to talk about you and your content and why you might be the thought leader that they need. That was amazing as well, because that's something that I'm passionate about is, you know, somebody's like, oh, well, I have this inspirational message or it's a leadership message. And I'm like, great. How are you different than exactly. all the other people who speak on leadership or change management or sales? What is it that makes you different? 
And yeah. one of the things I've noticed throughout this interview, and this is kind of my last question for you, is that you're trend spotting all the time. You yes. are looking for the latest and greatest trends. So how did you become a trend spotter? It's something I learned a decade ago by listening to Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame, he and Jack Canfield. And he talked about this term called borrowed credibility or, or hitching your wagon onto where things are already going. And I listened to them and I, I said, that is pretty profound. So literally what you do is when you pick up on the trends that it's either in the newspaper, on the radio, or you just hear on Sirius XM, once you pick up and start doing your own research, what you want to do in order to get the Google juice, you got to hook on to that, but give your point of view. This is the biggest thing. See, shift your brilliance and everything that I've done with that is simply a point of view. So I remember that. So now in my writings, I have a point of view that might be opposite of what the story is about, but I come from a different angle. So for instance, you may have heard a few weeks ago about the bridge collapsing in Atlanta. It happened because of two guys who were basically doing drugs under the bridge, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And it caused the fire and the fire, you know, I literally took that story and spun it into what happens when you have rotten apples on your team and you never deal with the rotten apples. Well, I got a few comments from people from all over the world saying, how in the world can you stretch a bridge collapsing with two guys under the bridge, da, da, da. But it was my point of view. So what? You didn't like it or get it. It didn't make sense to you. But I had a ton of other people saying, oh my goodness, I see exactly what you're saying. Now I've picked up followers who weren't following me before, but because I literally came at it from a different angle, they're like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's at the heart of what being a rebel is to me. Being a rebel speaker totally. is looking totally. for that story and the way that everybody else is telling it and finding a different spin, a different takeaway, yes, exactly. a different lesson. And then that positions you on the cutting edge. And if you totally. want to be hired by corporations to solve a problem, they don't want something they've heard 900 times. Exactly. They want the cutting edge. Mm -hmm. You, Simon, are cutting edge, and I've loved <laughs> this interview. So tell everyone where they can find you online. So certainly, they can find me at simontbailey.com. All of our information is there. And we also have a special offer for your audience. We are going to make available to them the Brillionaire Speaking System, which is something that we've just put together, how to create a six-figure income in the speaking business. And so we'll send you all the information. You can send it all to them. Because a lot of people often ask me, how did you go from zero to building a significant six-figure, seven-figure business? And so we literally have distilled it into how did I build the brand? How did I position the book? So we've written nine books. So how do we do that? How do we position our articles? And, and all of my tips, tools, and techniques are in the uh, Brillionaire Speaking System. So we're really, really excited about that. Oh, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. And I will be sure to share that. So everyone go to the show notes and pick up the Brillionaire Speaking System. Yeah, Brillionaire System. Speaking System, yeah. <laughs> I love your use of language. It's so amazing. Yes. So. We just create words, you know. I know. It's great. It shows your creativity. So yeah, thank totally. you so much, Simon, for thank sharing you. your brilliance on The Rebel Speaker. Thank you so much for listening to The Rebel Speaker Podcast. If you're loving this show, 
please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms at drmichellemazur.com. <laughs>